3.2, Defining Social Institutions. Social institutions structure engagement within arenas of authority. Sociologists debate the definition of social institutions perhaps as much as political scientists tangle over how to conceptualize the state. Some scholars define social institutions narrowly, such that they refer to the rules that govern actions and the rewards or punishments associated with compliance. A view of institutions in accordance with that of the Nobel Prize-winning economist Douglas North, among others. Yet, rules invoked are often role-dependent, varying according to the position that one holds in the community. Moreover, even when enforced, the impact of various rules depends on the magnitude of costs or benefits associated with compliance. To highlight this, I define social institutions as the roles, rules, and rewards that structure activities within a community as it attempts to govern and ensure its survival. Social institutions determine individuals' positions within a community, the actions available to them and others, and the consequences thereof. In doing so, they affect the distribution of power in the community, members' expectations of the other's responses, and consequently, individuals' decisions. Because arenas of authority are multifaceted, the social institutions within them regulate a range of needs. These extend beyond the issue around which the community is formed. For instance, social institutions within ethnic arenas of authority determine not only who belongs, or kinship, but also who has access to land and other resources, the economy, who has the right to rule the community, government, and what knowledge is passed down when and to whom, education. Institutions within religious communities regulate not only the relationship between members and their god, religion, but also tithing and charity, the economy, marriage and reproduction, or kinship. Within each arena, individuals assume roles. These are the positions that members of the community can hold, distinct from the individuals who hold them. Roles are associated with rights and responsibilities and the rewards that follow. To simplify, there are leaders and members. In religious or kinship systems, for instance, these are priests and parishioners, imams and followers, chiefs and subjects, elders and youth. The ability to access different positions may depend on gender, age, bloodline, or other qualities. Where these characteristics shape roles within arenas of authority, we can understand them as gendered, ageist, or ethnic, respectively. Yet such characteristics as gender, age, or ethnicity are not arenas of authority in and of themselves. Arenas of authority are associated with an identity group that defines the community, but not every identity group constitutes a community that defines an arena of authority. The roles that men and women, the elderly and young, or those of different bloodlines are allowed to occupy vary across time and across arenas. Again, this is true even in communities founded on similar bases. Consider the relationship between gender and leadership roles in religious arenas. In most religions, women are subordinate to men, barred from taking the highest leadership roles. Yet this varies across religions and even within them. For instance, While most Protestant Christian religions allow the ordination of women, the Southern Baptist Convention, which constitutes the largest Protestant denomination in the United States, 
bars women from the highest positions and promotes distinct gender roles in the household, encouraging women to submit to their husband's leadership. Gender roles also vary across time. The Catholic Church, for example, prohibited women from any formal leadership roles until January 2021, when Pope Francis amended canon law to allow women to act in leadership roles played by lay leaders, such as altar servers or readers. Rules determine who may assume certain roles, as well as who can enter the community and obligations of those within it. Think of rules as statements that determine who is permitted or required to or not to take an action, within specific conditions, and with expected sanctions or rewards for compliance and noncompliance. Rules set forth expectations and implications, but they allow individual choice. It is true that an individual does not get to choose on what they act, whether or not there is a rule regarding the choice at hand, or the consequences of their actions, but they do decide what action to take. Finally, social institutions entail the rewards and consequences of actions. John Harsanyi writes that people's behavior can be largely explained in terms of two dominant interests, economic gain and social acceptance. Both come in the forms of carrots and sticks. Individuals may receive bonuses or economic rewards, or face fines or material losses. They may enjoy respect and moral standing, or face social shaming and ostracization. Roles, rules, and rewards combine to shape the choices and actions that are the core of politics and development. Coercive power has long been held as the key motivation for compliance with state authority, spanning from Hobbes and Mill to modern theorists such as Tyler. Scholars recognize that coercive power, or carrots and sticks, may motivate actors with regard to non-state leaders as well. But desire to do the right thing may influence individuals as well. Individuals may respond to calls for action because they believe that it is right and proper to do so. In this case, they contribute regardless of others' abilities to reward or sanction. Before discussing the stability of arenas of authority and social institutions, it is important to clarify what social institutions are not. Social institutions are not culture if culture is defined as beliefs and preferences, even if culture includes preferences over political outcomes or policies. Expressed preferences may reflect social institutions, as individuals may develop or choose to reveal preferences that are in accordance with social rules in order to avoid repercussions. However, preferences should not be confused with the rules that shape them. Social institutions, like social norms, are also not simply reactive instincts or habits, like quieting a crying baby or writing a diary. Social institutions entail a set of obligations and consequences. In this respect, social institutions are similar to injunctive norms, although not to descriptive ones. However, as Legros and Kaslagi show, there are multiple, and at times incompatible, understandings of social norms. Thus, for clarity, I focus on social institutions defined in terms of roles, rules, and rewards. Finally, and importantly, social institutions are not simply informal institutions. Scholars and practitioners tend to equate state rules with formal institutions and those outside the state with informal ones. Yet the rules and social institutions can be formal, where formal is understood as explicitly stated parchment institutions, or even change in their degree of formality over time. Moreover, as Samuel Bowles argued, 
such codification may itself influence the outcomes. Only by distinguishing between formal and informal rules in social institutions can we explore the effect of formalization.